Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here, and we are back for another episode of Amazing Business Radio. I'm very excited today because we're bringing back Jeff Nicholson, the Vice President of CRM Product Marketing at Pegasystems. And if you have been following the show, this is not his second time, but his third time. And why do I keep bringing Jeff back? Because he's not only a beautiful, good-looking man. Well, that's what a lot of people say. But he's also a real smart dude. And I love when we have conversations. And uh, we've traveled a little bit and, and connected at some conferences, specifically uh, Pega World, which is going to be happening again in June in Las Vegas. Uh, it's been there, I think, every year for the last few years, and it's going to happen again here in 2019. Uh, but we have some amazing conversations. We have some video interviews that we've done. And today, we're going to talk about a really hot topic, and that is the concept of self service. So Jeff, welcome back to Amazing Business Radio. Thanks, Jeff. It's, it's great to be, be, be back and a great fun topic today. Yeah, and I was hoping you would have smiled or laughed a little bit when I said you're a beautiful and handsome man. Uh, well, but it I wasn't, it wasn't meant to be a joke, so maybe that's why you didn't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, excited that you're here. This is a hot, hot topic. And um, I know that in my book, The Convenience Revolution, the concept of self-service is about reducing friction and just making it easier for the customer. But let's jump back to a long time ago when I remember when self-service gasoline stations came about. Maybe it's, I don't mm-hmm. know if I remembered when they actually came about, but I remember when I became aware of them. I also know that it was less expensive to pump your own gas than to have somebody else. And I remember uh, people saying, well, it's so inconvenient to get out of the car and pump the gas. And I would say, no, it's really convenient because you drive up and you do it yourself. You don't have to wait for anybody. And I guess that was the the two different schools of thought. But same thing happens today, whether you go through the self-service line at a grocery store or whether you choose to pick up the phone and call somebody or go online or use some other form of self-service to get answers to questions. So let's jump into it. Your concept of self-service, your thoughts, let's kick off the conversation with something you want to start with. Well, I think we'll dovetail right off of the back of what you just just shared, Shep. So one of the sea changes that is happening really across all areas are is that shift to self-service and your your gas station illustration was a good one because it was a point of friction we didn't know existed where i would argue it's flipped the other direction now if you go to a full service pump and you and that's the only option immediately uh if you're if you're like me you're impatient and, and you're, you're wondering where the where the person is you're looking at your watch and it actually increases your stress level you just want to get off and on with it uh, people don't want to buy gas they just want to drive their car they have to get gas right right and, and you know that's not really your goal in life and so self-service actually eliminated a point of friction that that we didn't know existed and we can see the same kind of thing bringing to bear at the same supermarket checkouts uh, in the illustration you just shared as well where people are testing out different methods of self-service carrying the scanner with them in the store or just scanning them on the way out the door um, at the end and seeing which ones they prefer better and offers them the, the, the kind of least effort and least amount of friction to, to get on with their day. And the same principles are at play regardless of your business and your industry. 
And we, we actually did it from a customer service standpoint, uh, a survey not long ago, and the data showed that actually 57% uh, of consumers, quote unquote, dread calling for customer service. All right, so that's so a tweetable actually... moment now. 57% <laughs> of consumers dread calling for customer service. In other words, they dread picking up the phone. And before you go into more of that, why is that? Well, a, a number of different things. One is that they're be, being awakened that there are other options out there, different expectations that they they should be able to do things themselves. That they perceive that uh, they can go to any number of different websites across industries and just get what they need done. And not just websites, by the way. They can go to their mobile app in their pocket and have issues resolved, uh, initiate chats with organizations and so forth, without having to, to speak with someone. I think part of it, you and I have talked in the past about and the millennial effect, and that's a lot to do with it. It's not restricted to millennials, uh, but there's certainly the highest, I guess, propensity of, of those that prefer to do things on their own and certainly by text and, and point and click versus, uh, you know, having to talk to someone. And it's not, I don't think, the talking to somebody. Yeah. I think it's the process of getting to the person, uh, you know, the phone number and and uh, having to be put on hold and having to push one for this, two for that, 34 for that, or whatever. And I also think, you know, we, we say the millennials. I think part of it is, uh, and I know my kids fall into that millennial uh, age, they were brought up with computers in their book bags, in their backpacks. We didn't have that. At least I didn't have that when I was a kid. I mean, it was really cool when I got my first calculator. Now, that ages me a little bit, but I know I look very young, but I, I was around when my dad for Christmas gave me a calculator because it was like the coolest thing. And I was like two people in my class had a calculator. But what happened, I think, is that, you know, as I watched my kids do their homework and do their research and get information, they're all able to get it instantly, quickly, you know, at their speed, at their leisure, uh, when they want to do it, when they need it. And I think that's what's happened today is that People expect what self-service is. By the way, today I just read an interesting article. It's it's self-service, and we, you mentioned, you know, both of us mentioned the checkout line at a grocery store. Um, I believe Tesco is is uh, testing in some of their smaller stores, letting self-service take over and having no regular cashiers. Now, obviously, they're going to have a person standing around to help if you need help with the self-service. But if you look at, at that counter, uh, you know, that cashier counter where you normally drop you know your items and they would pick them up and scan them whatever versus doing it yourself at, at your own you know scanner or how about amazon go which i think is the ultimate in self-service just go in and exactly. pick it up and walk out and i don't know what i think what's going to happen is we're going to lean toward you know the amazon version of self-service but guess what the amazon effect is happening again it's going to make everybody want a version of service that isn't typical today well, uh, quite right. And if you look at the dynamics, if you look at kind of where your interactions are happening right now as a business from a customer service standpoint, you're probably going to find out that about 30 to 50 percent of your inbound interactions that are touching your agents are actually beginning somewhere else, uh, such as your website. So that statistic, 30 to 50 percent are actually beginning on web specifically. That's not counting your mobile app and uh chatbots and other things like that before uh, converting into an agent interaction. So these are instances where the customer has tried to get the answer themselves and only when they fail are they forced 
to then engage with an agent. And of course, just like you just said, it's very frequent when they actually don't even get that agent. They get something else in the middle, like an IVR system that has them ask those questions. Can you please enter your 16-digit account number? And just it's the horrible digital waiting room. The and, digital waiting uh, room. I like that. <laughs> That's well, a good way of saying it. There's little value, right? Right. To the customer. Uh, and and of course, when they when they do reach an agent, what's the first question they get asked? Oh, you know, uh, what's your what's account your number? <laughs> After you've already put it in, I know that's so frustrating. And it's just awful. And I just want to add and to so more the, frustration. Yeah, if 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 the customer has already been on the web looking for an answer and doesn't get it, that's essentially the time that they're spending on hold. They're probably not going to be happy that they have to call the agent or the company. And when they finally get the person, there's a level of frustration that they have because the first level of support didn't give them what they needed. Well, exactly right. And so you get frustrated customers talking to frustrated employees. That all they do all day long is talk to frustrated customers. And that's why you see one of the reasons why you see agent turnover notoriously so so high. It's a, a very demanding, challenging job when, you, when you're faced with this day in, day out. And so there's no winner in this scenario. And so the way that we need to uh, address it is to rethink that, that self-service strategy altogether. The way most businesses have organized their self-service uh, until now is to serve up in some way uh, in some section of the website whatever information they think they can make available and organize it in a way hopefully that if you can find that section of the site as a customer you can navigate through and hopefully find uh, some article uh, some download some mention that could you know hint you toward the right you know uh, this direction right and it's organized in a way of how the business kind of currently thinks and just kind of dumped up and now the customer has to deal with that that way of thinking and organization and it it, it just fails uh, they're not finding what their resolution is so the the way that to change this is that the customer shouldn't have to go find a resolution the businesses that are doing it best are actually having the self-service uh, go find the customer and so as your customer opens up their mobile app or as your customer touches your website, and typically for many businesses, they're, they're cookied or authenticated as they're doing this. You know who it is. Why wait for them uh, if you know, for example, that they're you know, five out of seven steps in a service journey? Why force them to go try and find answers on the website? Why wouldn't the website say, Hi, Jane. I, I, it's good to see you're back. Are you inquiring about your, your current service and, and, and where you stand in that process? And wouldn't that be uh, more empathetic and, and closer to that moment of need? Oh, and it's and a definite, it's, that, it's customer service. And that's exactly what this is. It's de- delivering a better service. It's delivering mm-hmm. a friction-free level of service. And it's all done through self-service. So we're talking about rethinking the self-service experience for customers. We're talking with Jeff Nicholson, who is the VP of CRM Product Marketing for my good friends at Pegasystems. We're going to take a short break. We come back. We're going to talk about more of the strategy of self-service and how it can enhance the experience of the customer and also create more loyalty. Don't go away. We'll be right back. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information. All you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. 
fill out the subscribe to the shepherd letter form and each week you will get an article that contains a business tip stories much more all about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox thanks for listening and don't forget to always be amazing you're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. Jeff Nicholson talking about rethinking self-service. And, you know, hey, it makes a lot of sense. So our customers are partially into the journey. Uh, they've been looking at something. There's no reason why the computer can't recognize, hey, so-and-so is back. Or there's no reason if the customer finally makes it to a human being because they're forced to to do so because they can't get their answers, that that person can't say, hey, I see you've been on our website looking for whatever. I see you're on question number six of our form that you need to fill out. You stopped. You've called me. Is that what you're calling about? And that's the kind of thing we're talking about. Is that right? Uh, You nailed it, Chef. And we're very siloed often in our thinking and the interaction by the perception of the employee has only just begun. But to that customer, <laughs> it began you know, 40 minutes ago while they were trying to find that information themselves and uh, only then failed. And you touched on something I think that's incredibly important. When we think about self-service, it's not just getting self-service into a mobile device or into a chat bot or into a, a website, for example. It's having a self-service experience that frankly is channelless. We've talked about that before where right. you should be able to move across channels. And I think of them uh, in some sense also as digital footprints where as you're touching uh, those web pages and pieces of web content, trying to find uh, an answer and move into another channel, it could be that uh, IBR or it could be an agent. Those channels should be able to pick up exactly where you left. Right. Off. Right. It should know and, from one to the next. Yeah. By the way, I, I bet there's an answer for this. Is there software that pulls all this? So here, I know there is. Okay, now let me guess who's involved in that type of software. Uh, but here's what I think the perfect picture of that is. It doesn't matter. And, and to your point, channelist means the customer doesn't care what channel you're on. And they don't care if you've offered five channels or 20 channels. They just care about can they connect with you the way they want to connect with you. So, But let's say there are channels. There's everything from your, your typical um, coming in on a phone to a, a, an email to a text, to a messaging app, social media channels. Is there something that would bring it all together, not to a dashboard, not to even let the agent know what channel it's coming in, but it just says, here's the question. And then the agent can either type back the answer or, or you know, put in some type of an asset to send back, and it sends it back automatically to the right channel that the customer was on in the first place. So the agent may never know what the channel is. And I'll give you an example of this in real life that happens to me, not with any kind of automation. But as you know, I'm very, very active in social media. Um, I, I post yeah. on multiple forums and social channels. And at the end, usually twice a day, if it's a pretty average day, it's twice a day. If it's a slow day, it's once a day. I get an email from someone in my office that says, here is everything to respond to. And it's just, here's the question or here's the comment. And it's a bunch of copy and paste. I don't know whether it's on LinkedIn, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Facebook. I don't care. My job is to just answer that question. I send it back 
and then miraculously it shows up in the right channels. Now we're doing this all, you know, with manpower or woman power, human power, if you will. And that, you know, someone in my office is actually then reposting my answers. That way I don't have to go on five different channels and monitor everything. My job is simply to respond to the customer regardless of the channel they're coming in on. What we're talking about now is a digital version of that, an automated version of that, if you will. Is it out there? Is it that clean? Well, it, it is if you have the right strategy. Exactly right. And that, that's, of course, the, the technology that Pega brings to bear for, for its clients. And the, the key is that everything is orchestrated kind of in the center, independent of the channel. You have uh, aspects like real-time omni-channel AI that, uh, again, isn't just decisioning you know, behind a website or uh, in that mobile app or guiding that chatbot or, uh, or even agent. It's, it's actually in the center governing them all and providing instruction to all of these things as to what the right thing to do next is. We think of that as the next best action. Mm-hmm. And the action that you want to take is all all about the customer journey, isn't it? Like we've been talking about, it's not about the channel at all. So the the, the instruction that you pass to resolve their issue uh, you know, really is fundamentally the same. And so uh, govern them governing these things in each channel uh, separately just doesn't make sense anymore. And that's why organizations haven't been able to scale. So the ones that are taking this approach with not just the, the, the kind of artificial intelligence, but even concepts uh, such as the dynamic case management that is going to orchestrate that service journey and that process across the organization independently, uh, they, they should be centralized. And if you design them once properly around the customer journey and then activate them on any channel, that's when you can move across channels finally with those digital footprints and sensing what the customer is really needing and serving up that right conversation and that next best action wherever that customer moves to. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the key. When that happens, you're almost in uh, service utopia. Maybe that's <laughs> a, another a good title for a white paper or even a new book, Service Utopia. <laughs> <laughs> what I think you found it. Like? Yeah. So uh, we've been talking, and I know you and I, uh, it, before we jumped on the call here and the conversation, we were talking about um, some, like, the effort that customers are making. What we're really trying to do is reduce effort, reduce friction. You just came out with a white paper that talks about reducing friction. I have not seen it. You just got me excited about it. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Well, yeah, in, in the paper, we really break down and examine that, that topic that you just mentioned, the friction. We, we're hearing a lot of organizations say today, I want to have a, a more frictionless experience. And it's become a bit of a buzzword, kind of like omnichannel had been. But if you look to uh, and, and ask, you know, okay, so w- what friction is there? What are the specific types of friction and points of friction? Uh, can you classify them? Now, there hasn't been a lot out there to date. And so what we've done is through some forensic analysis of, of organizations that are taking this on really uncovered that a couple things one there are two sides of friction think about friction it means two parties two things rubbing against each other and that's what Mm -hmm. creates friction right and those two parties are the business of course and the customer and the friction is felt on both sides uh and it's not just the customer journey that has friction it's also the employee journey and we uncovered that there are actually seven different types of friction on each side of that equation we've touched on a few of these things uh, today, so on the customer side, you have things like duration. You know, why why do things take so long? Memory. Why do I have to repeat myself <laughs> again and again uh, within the same channel or even across channels? Visibility. You know, where do I even stand in the process? And there are a number of others. And the and the same thing applies for your employees that are dealing with it. And the paper drills down to really uncover that you know it doesn't have to be that way anymore. 
you know, there are, in fact, rapid resolutions to, to each of these things. Where can we get this paper? I know uh, where I can get it. it. It's in my inbox right now, but I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> but where can the rest of the world get it? Sure. The paper is available on PEGA.com, and if you scroll over to the customer service page, uh, you will find it made available there as a resource for you. It's a paper titled Achieving Digital Customer Service Transformation. Achieving Digital Customer Service Transformation. All right, we're going to take another short break. When we come back, we're going to ask you a couple more questions and wrap things up. So, everybody, this is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. Good customer service is now an expectation. Don't provide it, and you'll be disrupted by a competitor who does. So, what can you do to stand out? Well, that's the focus of my latest book, The Convenience Revolution, how to create a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates fierce loyalty. The goal is to reduce friction and be convenient for your customers. So if you're ready to take your customer service to the next level and disrupt your competitors, well, this is the book for you. To order the book, go to www.beconvenient.com. That's beconvenient.com. It's time for you to join the revolution, the convenience revolution. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, talking with Jeff Nicholson of Pegasystems. And uh, that's a great report you need to get. We just talked about it. Uh, we'll make sure that's in the show notes so that everybody can just click on it if they want to go to the website. Which, by the way, if you don't know the website, how could you not know? AmazingBusinessRadio.com. All right. So we've been talking a lot about uh, self-service. We're talking a little bit about friction. Uh, Jeff, you have another concept that we want to take home uh, as we end this show, and it's about proactive service. Let's talk about that. Well, you you had a phrase earlier on around service utopia, Mm. and uh, we we don't want to fall into the the low that even getting self-service right, this new way we've been talking about, is the, the ultimate answer the customers actually want. If you take a close look, they're, they're actually wanting you as business to get even closer to their moment of need. And they want you to ideally be proactive uh, to the point where they shouldn't actually have to reach a, uh, out a finger and come to you for the answer. And more and more, they're expecting and hoping that ideally you're using uh, their data to sense kind of what's going on and reach out to them before uh, they have to reach out to you. And uh, some that are getting even better are thinking, you know, I don't just want to wait until they stumble and have an issue uh, to reach out uh, proactively. They're saying, can I be preemptive? And can I actually listen to data using all this fancy AI and event detection that that people are reading about today? And sense you moving toward a moment of need uh, before it even happens. And can we actually help resolve that issue before that that, uh, you know, moment of need occurs. So I'm going to give you the most generic example of this in the whole world. The most generic example. You're at a restaurant, your water, you've been drinking water, and you're not quite to the end of the, you know, there's a few, you know, gulps left in that little water glass. And before you drink it all the way to the end, a server comes over with the, you know, the water pitcher and pours the water and fills it back up. I call that proactive service. You're not waiting for the person to say, excuse me, can I have some more water? And by the way, it only takes a second to get it. But why even put them through that pain? Just be there when they need it. And now we're able to do that at a digital or, or what do you call it, automated level, if you will. There you go. Digital water, we'll call it now. Digital water. Uh, service utopia <laughs> and digital water. 
<laughs> it's good. We're coming up with some great ones today. So, but it, but that's what you're talking about. How do we get that close? So, and I think you mentioned something really important. You said the customer has to give you the data, or you have to be able to read the customer's data. So, the other day I was at a conference, and there was a company there called Carbon. Carbon makes digital printers. And Carbon used to sell you the printer, and whenever you were low on supplies, you would call them up. Now, this, what I'm about to share with you isn't new. Uh, it's been around for a while. Well, now you don't, uh, you don't actually buy the printer. You subscribe to the printer, which means that it's their printer. You just get to use it for as long as you keep paying for it. And you're hooked up to the Internet, I guess, and they are monitoring everything. They know when you need more whatever it is that you, you know, make in the 3D printer, you know, if it's a plastic or some type of material, they know if there's a part that's going to break down. And they are proactive in monitoring, and they actually call it proactive service, I believe is what they call it, proactive maintenance, excuse me, uh, or predictive maintenance. That may be the actual term they use, where they can tell you before the part breaks down that it's about to break down, and they will send you the part or send somebody out to fix it before it breaks and I think w- this is what people are, are going to want in every area of their lives. Couldn't agree more. And they're, they're the experiences that we're all being exposed to on, on every front. And it may only be in specific use cases in industries, but it is it, not going to take long before those expectations blur uh, into your own industry. Yeah. And businesses today have to be, begin watching that ball and begin devising strategies around this. So there's so much to get excited about. I know our show, and, and I've been really focusing on this for, for quite a few years now, it's just about customer service and experience. And sometimes we talk about the people-to-people experience. Sometimes we get into this, what I would call, you know, and we really even hardly touched on artificial intelligence, but it plays a big part of this. So we're starting to wrap up. We could talk for hours and hours, and that's why you've been on the show three times now. We go with the one thing question at the end here. What's the one thing you want to leave us with? One idea, one thought, something you want to make sure we remember when we finish this show today. Well, I, I'd say is that you don't need to solve it all overnight. We've talked about a lot of concepts here, and some of them maybe may seem very futuristic to some. But they're, they're, number one, there is technology to let you do this today. Technology is no longer the barrier. Your approach uh, and managing change in your organization is really the, 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 the only thing holding you back and a will to get going. And so as you devise your strategy, just keep you know, keep in mind the vision we talked about, but understand you're not gonna be completely transforming end to end the entire organization overnight, but you have to start somewhere. So pick a channel, pick a journey, and test it out and just get going. And you know, push for something to be different in 90 days. And what could that be? And just begin that step of transformation. That's yeah. my advice incremental increases look for the low-hanging fruit what might be easiest to tackle at first and jump on that one make your list plot it out prioritize it and move through it one step at a time great advice jeff and uh, this is why we call it amazing business radio you've been listening to jeff nicholson who is the vp of crm product marketing for pegasystems we've been talking about everything self-service and friction and uh, proactive service Big show today. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate it, and uh, it's an honor to have uh, the first person do a three-peat. Always a pleasure, Chef. Anytime. All right, Chef. Thank you. Everyone, another exciting interview today. We're going to have another one next week, so make sure you come back. This is Chef Hyken for Amazing Business Radio, reminding you to always be amazing. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.